Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of Mycobacterium leprae, found under the microbiology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 35-year-old man presents to the dermatology clinic for a rash. He reports that these spots have been on his skin for about two months now since he returned from a workstay program in South America. There, he interacted with animals and occasionally tried exotic foods, such as the armadillo. On physical exam, there are multiple well-circumscribed erythematous plaques with raised borders and central hypopigmentation. There is loss of sensation over the plaques. He has started on a long course of antibiotics. Let's continue with an introduction to Mycobacterium leprae. Mycobacterium leprae is classified as a non-modal acid-fast bacillus, and remember that it prefers cold temperatures. Transmission may be respiratory via the nasal mucosa, and remember that the natural reservoir is the armadillo. In terms of the epidemiology, this is more common in Southeast Asia and South America. With regards to location, this tends to affect the skin and peripheral nerves. Risk factors include traveling to endemic countries, contact with others with leprosy, and contact with or consumption of reservoirs such as the armadillo. In terms of the pathogenesis, the bacteria grows in cool regions such as the skin and the peripheral nerves. It infects macrophages, Schwann cells, and keratinocytes. In Lepromatous Hansen disease, this is a weak cell-mediated immunity. It is a humoral Th2-type immune response, and it demonstrates a high burden of bacteria and lesions. In tuberculoid Hansen disease, this is a strong cell-mediated immunity. It is a Th1-type immune response, and there is a low burden of bacteria in the lesions. Conditions that are associated include Lepromatous Hansen disease, tuberculoid Hansen disease, and erythema nodosum. With regards to prognosis, remember that there is a slow progression that may develop over months or years. Patients may have intermittent acute leprosy reactions, and the lepromatous type is more severe. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms of lepromatous Hansen disease include a diffuse rash. Symptoms of tuberculoid Hansen disease include multiple discrete lesions. On exam, patients will often present with overlapping findings. There may be peripheral neuropathy, such as a foot drop, facial nerve palsy, contractures of the hands or feet, and loss of sensation. In lepromatous Hansen disease, there may be leonine facies, or faces that are lion-like. These may present with thickened forehead, ears, eyebrows, and cheeks. There may also be diffuse plaques and nodular skin lesions symmetrically distributed. These may be erythematous or hypopigmented without sharp borders. In tuberculoid Hansen disease, there may be multiple discrete erythematous plaques with central hypopigmentation and raised discrete borders. Remember that the plaques often have loss of sensation, they may be hairless, and they may be dry with some scale. In terms of further studies, labs that may be performed include tissue polymerase chain reaction. Also remember that patients may test as falsely positive on VDRL testing. One may perform a biopsy or slit skin smear. This will demonstrate acid-fast bacilli and granulomas. And when making the diagnosis, remember that this is based on clinical presentation and tissue diagnosis. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about morphia, 
with distinguishing factors being that this will also present with thickened skin, but it usually does not involve peripheral nerve damage. Also think about vitiligo, with distinguishing factors being that this also presents with hypopigmentation, but without peripheral nerve damage or raised borders. With regards to treatment, medical options include dapsone and rifampin. This is indicated for tuberculoid and lepromatous types. Another option is clofazamine. This is indicated as added therapy for lepromatous types. And lastly, complications related to mycobacterium leprae include permanent nerve impairment and deformities. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to mycobacterium leprae, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 38-year-old man comes to the clinic for quote-unquote numbness and tingling of his hands for the past two months. He immigrated from India six months ago and did not have health insurance until now. The patient reports a persistent rash that appeared four months ago that he attributes to the change in weather in Detroit compared to India. He denies weight loss, fevers, chills, chest pain, vision changes, lightheadedness, or weakness. His past medical history is significant for poorly managed diabetes due to lack of health insurance. A physical exam demonstrates patches throughout the skin, paresthesias of the distal hands bilaterally, and skin swelling on the left earlobe. What is the most appropriate treatment for this patient? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Dapsone, rifampin, and clofazamine. Choice 2. Hydroxychloroquine. Choice 3. Insulin. Choice 4. Rifampin, isoniazid, pyrazinamide, and ethambutol, or choice 5, terbinafine. The best answer to this question is choice 1, dapsone, rifampin, and clofazamine. This patient has the classic presentation of leprosy, that is, paresthesias of the distal extremities, hairless skin lesions, and skin thickening at the earlobe which is due to infection with Mycobacterium leprae. Mycobacterium leprae is an acid-fast mycobacterium that thrives in cool temperatures. It is endemic in developing areas such as India, Nepal, regions of Africa, and South America. It is worth noting that in the United States, armadillos are the main reservoir. Patients with a high degree of cell-mediated immunity and delayed hypersensitivity present with tuberculoid disease, which manifests as well-demarcated skin lesions. Patients with a weak immune response present with a lepromatous response, which manifests as a symmetric glove and stocking neuropathy, red skin patches with or without sensory changes, and profound facial deformities, referred to as leonine facies, secondary to skin thickening, nodular earlobes, and loss of eyebrows or eyelashes. Treatment of tuberculoid disease involves dapsone or rifampin. However, in this patient presenting with lepromatous disease, dapsone, rifampin, and clofazamine are indicated. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Hydroxychloroquine is one of the main treatment options for systemic lupus erythematosus, which can also present with skin rash and sensory changes. However, this patient's skin rashes are more characteristic of leprosy. Choice 3. Insulin is one of the treatments of diabetes, which, in severe cases, can present with sensory changes secondary to nerve damage. Although this patient has uncontrolled diabetes, 
it does not explain the characteristic skin lesions and nodular earlobe. Choice 4. Rifampin, isoniacid, pyrazinamide, and ethambutol is the standard treatment for active tuberculosis, which often presents with pulmonary symptoms and fever. This patient is not exhibiting signs of TB. Choice 5. Terbinafine is one of the treatments for tinea corporis, a fungal infection of the skin. Although the skin lesion can look similar to that of leprosy, tinea corporis does not explain the paresthesias or nodular earlobes seen in this patient. Finally, a bullet summary. Leprosy can present with symmetrical paresthesias, skin lesions, and facial deformities. The treatment of choice for lepromatous leprosy is dapsone, rifampin, and clofazamine. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 36-year-old recent immigrant from India presents with leonine facies to your clinic. Examination of his face reveals skin that is thick and contains many lesions. The patient complains that he has experienced a loss of sensation in his toes and fingertips, which has caused him to injure himself often. Biopsy of the skin is likely to reveal that bacteria are which of the following. And the answer choices are Choice 1. Cocci Choice 2. Acid fast Choice 3. Catalase negative Choice 4. Thermophiles or Choice 5. Tennis racket shaped The best answer to this question is Choice 2. Acid fast. The patient described displays symptoms consistent with an infection by Mycobacterium leprae, an acid fast bacteria. The severity of his symptoms indicates that he is suffering from the lepromatous form of the disease. Mycobacterium leprae bacteria can cause two forms of leprosy depending on the host's immune response. In a patient with a strong cell mediated immune response, bacterial growth and spread are impaired. This leads to only a few Mycobacterium leprae bacteria in the body, and thus, few localized body lesions and areas of anesthesia. However, in lepromatous leprosy, the cell-mediated immune response is low, and this allows the bacteria to proliferate and cause more substantial skin lesions and nerve damage. The publication by Walker and Lockwood discusses the immunological and clinical features of leprosy. Being an obligate intracellular organism, Mycobacterium leprae is recognized by the innate immune system, and the clinical phenotype is dependent upon host immune factors. The infection can be cured with multi-drug therapy, but severe disability can result from persistent neuropathy. The publication by Style et al. reports leprosy is a chronic disease of the skin and peripheral nerves that afflicts more than 5 million people worldwide, and more than 7,000 people in the United States. Leprosy presents as a skin rash and or peripheral neuropathy. The diagnosis can be confirmed when acid-fast bacilli are found in skin biopsies or smears. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Mycobacterium leprae is rod-shaped. Choice 3. Mycobacterium leprae is catalase positive. Choice 4. Mycobacterium leprae grows best in cool areas of the body. Choice 5. A tennis racket-shaped bacterium would be more consistent with Clostridium tetani. For the third question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 29-year-old man who recently immigrated from South America presents complaining of a patch of numbness on his skin. 
he reports that the area has appeared paler than the surrounding skin for a long time. He also has had several cuts and burns near the area, but has no recollection of when the injuries took place and did not feel any pain at the time. On physical exam, you palpate an enlarged ulnar nerve at the elbow. Further physical exam findings demonstrate lesions at the tips of his fingers. You order a biopsy from the edge of the lesion, which demonstrates granulomas with acid-fast organisms. Which of the following most likely caused his disease? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Sarcoidosis Choice 2. Mycobacterial infection Choice 3. Sporotherix shenki Choice 4. Contact dermatitis Or Choice 5. Pox virus infection The best answer to this question is Choice 2. Mycobacterial infection. This patient has a classic skin lesion with numbness and a palpably enlarged peripheral nerve, suggestive of leprosy. Leprosy is caused by Mycobacterium leprae infection. Hansen's disease is a chronic granulomatous disease caused by infection with the bacterial organism Mycobacteria leprae. The primary areas affected are the skin and peripheral nerves. Two clinical findings that are important in the diagnosis of leprosy are the characteristic cutaneous lesion and areas of anesthesia. Patients may often have cuts or burns to the affected area, which they do not recall suffering because the affected area has lost no susception. The publication by Sue et al. reviews the presentation of leprosy. Leprosy can present broadly in two ways. First, as tuberculoid leprosy, or second, as lepromatous leprosy. Tuberculoid leprosy is less severe and usually presents with a single, well-demarcated and hypopigmented skin lesion. The edges of the lesion often appear thickened, and peripheral nerves, especially the ulnar nerve, may be palpably enlarged. The lepromatous form of the disease is more generalized and can present with the classic leonine facies. The publication by Legendredal reviews the diagnosis and treatment of leprosy. Diagnosis is based on the clinical findings discussed previously, in conjunction with skin biopsy or peripheral nerve biopsy, demonstrated mycobacteria. Treatment generally consists of dapsone and rifampin, often with clofazamine. Other treatment options include moxifloxacin or clarithromycin. The tuberculoid form may be treated for up to six months, while the lepromatous form may need to be treated for five years. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Sarcoid doses can cause hypopigmented skin lesions, but the clinical findings of anesthesia and biopsy findings are consistent with leprosy. Choice 3. Sporothrix shenki causes sporotrichosis, which causes an ascending lymphangitis classically seen in rose gardeners. Choice 4. Contact dermatitis is a type 4 hypersensitivity reaction following contact with certain compounds. Choice 5. Pox viruses can cause molluscum contagiosum, which presents with a single, dome-shaped lesion with central umbilication. That's all for this review about Mycobacterium leprae. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, 
We'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 Podcast.